The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go. Show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. It's hard to believe, but this Wednesday, we began the holy season of Lent. Where's the time going? <laughs> I'm just getting over Christmas, by the way. And all of a sudden, now we're in Lent. And so make sure, everybody, before you leave the church, you grab a parish bulletin, because the latest Ash Wednesday schedule is all on here. And it's posted on all of the exits, and will be on our webpage. And so make sure you grab the parish bulletin for the latest Ash Wednesday schedule. But as we enter this holy season of Lent, of course, the three, remember the three aspects of Lent that we take on as Christians. We, of course, we increase our, our prayer, our fasting, and our almsgiving. So these are the three legs on which Lent stands upon. So we pray more, we fast more, and we give to charity more. And so I want to ask, what are you doing for Lent? Have you thought about it yet? What are you taking up? What are you giving up? What are you going to add to your spiritual life? But whatever you choose to do, we still got a few days, so we still got time. Whatever you choose to do, remember the overarching goal of Lent. It said, how will it increase my love for Jesus Christ? That's it. Lent is that simple. Whatever you do, how will you more intensely love our Lord? And so now I get to, uh, to invite all of you, which I'm really excited about. The reason why I also grab a pet, another parish bulletin as the sunlight, I, I planned this, by the way, the light to, to shine on the parish bulletin, because this is an amazing bulletin. Because on the front cover of the bulletin is our advertisements for what we're going to do as a parish family to grow in our love for Jesus Christ. And we're doing a six-week parish Bible study during the holy season of Lent. And I want to invite all of you. Why? The Bible. Because as we all know, the Bible could be very intimidating for a lot of people. 
If you ever pick up the Bible before, if you just pick it up randomly, you try reading it, all of a sudden you're encountered with all these people with funny-sounding names, all these weird places, something is happening, and we're not quite sure what's going on. To pick up the Bible randomly and to start reading it, it's like walking into a full movie theater right in the middle of the movie, and you're starting to watch it, and you have no idea who the main characters are, you have no idea what the plot is, you have no idea what's happening. And you're just trying to watch the movie, and you're trying to figure out, okay, what's, what's going on? The Bible can feel like that for many people. And so how do we dive deeper, and why the Holy Bible? Look at the readings today. Notice what happens. Everybody kept coming from everywhere to see Jesus. Why? It is the same thing that we heard from last Sunday. Do you recall? It said that Jesus was in Capernaum, and these, all these huge crowds just wanted to press in. They were mobbing Jesus just to get near him because they understood in Jesus, in Jesus Christ, was the answer to their prayers. Look at the leper in the beginning of the gospel. The leper comes to Jesus. Now, praise God, our medical technology has advanced so much so in our nation that none of us in here probably know anybody with leprosy. It's called Hansen's disease now. Although when I said that at the 8 a.m. mass this morning, a parishioner corrected me. He says, Father, he went on a Catholic medical mission to Ecuador to a leper colony. So he says, I know lepers, Father. So I stand corrected. <laughs> but probably the vast majority of us, we don't know any lepers. But like in the first reading, leprosy is an ugly disease. It begins at the, on your extremities, your fingers, your toes, your ears, your nose, and they begin to become disfigured. And lesions, as the disease progresses, begin to appear on your entire body. And so that's why, as we hear in the first reading from the book of Leviticus, they had to shout, unclean, unclean. Or go back to the Middle Ages. If you were infected with leprosy, you literally had to have a bell in your hand. And when you would walk through town, you would have to ring the bell. And you'd have to yell, Leper! Leper! I'm a leper! And you'd ring the bell. And then everybody would, would run away from you. So when this leper comes to Jesus, he's breaking all social parameters here. Because he immediately goes to Jesus and he falls down on his knees and he begins to beg him, Jesus, if you wish, make me clean. Now, behind this request, Jesus, make me clean, could you imagine all of the years of pain, suffering, rejection, loneliness? Do you know how this leper would have felt? He would have felt ugly, an outcast. 
hideous. You know that person or alien that I mentioned, he said when he went to Ecuador to the leper colony, you know those lepers, you know what they would do? They would have to fight with the dogs for food. And then they would bring them into the Catholic medical mission in Ecuador and, and to house them with dignity. Which is why when this leper comes up to Jesus, notice what happens. It says that Jesus is moved with pity because Jesus penetrates the heart and he sees this man's, our brother's, suffering. Jesus stretches out his hand and notice what happens next. He touched him. He touched him. He encountered him. In the Bible, we have the opportunity to encounter the living Jesus through his word. We encounter him when we understand and penetrate the mysteries of our book. Why the rosary? What are we named after? We are mighty St. Mary's Parish. And our patroness is our Blessed Mother. And this Holy Rosary, why this Holy Rosary is powerful, that the Holy Rosary is the Bible on a string. <laughs> Where does the rosary come from? In the year 1208, something's happening in the church. A Spanish priest by the name of St. Dominic is preaching in southern France. And there's a group in southern France that's starting to expand and to grow and to flourish. They're known as the Albigensians. It's a long name, but it's, it's just a name named after the little town in southern France where they come from, the town of Albi. You can still visit it today. And so hence the name, the Albigensians. And what the Albigensians thought, a heretical teaching, that everything corporal, everything fleshy, everything bodily is of the devil. You're puritanical. The flesh is bad. Only thing that's good is the spiritual. So they had this false dichotomy. Spiritual, fleshly. Reject the flesh. And this group was spreading like wildfire throughout the, ancient, throughout the church in the 13th century. And they were drawing a lot of, many Catholics were leaving the church at this time period. And so St. Dominic began to pray. And in 1208, in a little forest in southern France, the Blessed Mother appears to him, and he gives him what will eventually become the Holy Rosary. Because what is the Rosary? We meditate upon the pivotal events of our Lord's life. Because remember, what shocks the world with Christianity, what is scandalous about our faith, is that we believe that God has broken into human history. God has become one of us in our flesh. He grew up in a house. He ate dinner. He did the dishes. He walked the streets. God broke into time. And in the Holy Rosary, we meditate upon those pivotal events of our Lord's life found in sacred scripture. In a time of confusion, 
the church turned to the rosary. Now jump, 1571, a few centuries later. Now what is the latest crisis in the church? The Ottoman Turkish Empire is threatening Western Europe. They've already conquered Eastern Christianity. In 1453, they conquered Constantinople, which is one of the major Christian cities. They had turned the cathedral in Constantinople into a mosque. And they changed the name to Istanbul, which is the capital of modern-day Turkey. And in their momentum, they had their eyes set on Rome. Why Rome? Rome is the last Christian city, ancient city of, the, uh, of ancient Christianity left standing. It is the last one and is the home, of course, of the Pope, the successor of St. Peter. And so Turkey had their eyes set on conquering and invading Italy and eventually conquering Rome. That was their main goal. And they wanted to turn St. Peter's Basilica into a mosque, just like they had done in Constantinople. The only thing that stood in their way was what's called the Holy League of Catholic Nations. On the eve of battle, Pope Pius V sent word to the remaining Catholic countries. Because what has also happened in the 16th century? Martin Luther in 1517 launched the Protestant Reformation. Europe was tearing itself apart. And as you know, in military strategy, when your enemy is divided, oh, it's easy to conquer them. If we had lost this battle, the Ottomans would have invaded Italy. They would have invaded Rome. And nothing would have been standing in their way to conquer the rest of Western Europe. Pray the rosary, Pope Pius V said to faithful Catholics. The next day in battle, against all odds, our Catholic soldiers won. We commemorate that pivotal victory, that triumph. Every October 7th, we now celebrate it as the Feast of the Holy Rosary. In fact, if you, when you go to Milan, if you've ever been to Milan, you go into that beautiful church near that Leading Tower of Pisa. If you go into that church, just go inside of it, the, the mass of the flagship of the Ottoman Empire's navy ship is on full display in the church. We look upon it to remember that victorious day that we won. In time of trouble, the church turned to the Holy Rosary. Are we in a time of confusion? today? <laughs> you better believe it, especially for our young people. They're questioning common sense things that our, us older people took for granted. Every time of confusion, you believe it. Do we live in a peaceful time? <laughs> Hardly. Now do you see why 
as we began our parish Bible study, because we have thousands of years in the, in the Holy Bible to choose from, why the Holy Rosary is a beautiful starting, launching point. Because part of my parish strategy, by the way, give a little insight to my brain as your pastor, is that I want us to be known for our devotion to our Blessed Mother. And I want every single one of us to have a rosary in our pocket. How do we know we're Catholics from St. Mary's? Because every single one of us has a rosary in our left pocket or our right pocket. Which is why a couple weeks ago, remember, during Advent, we gave out 500 free rosaries from the Holy Land. That wasn't by accident. That was part of my, my conspiracy in my brain to, to give every prisoner rosaries, rosaries, rosaries. Because a rosary is a powerful scriptural-based prayer. And I want to gather us as a parish family to delve deeper into these mysteries. And we've made it as easy as possible. So as we begin, so when you grab the bullets and all the dates and times are in here, when we begin, we're going to have an English tract and a Spanish tract. So when we all come together, we'll split up into our different English, or language groups, whatever language you prefer, English or in Spanish, and all going at the same time. And then if you say, oh, Father, I can't go at 7 p.m., it's too late, I don't go out at dark, or I, I got kids, I can't find a babysitter. Well, amazingly, Wyman, our, the fa our famous Wyman, will be doing the same thing online. So we'll actually have it going on at the same time on, on, on Zoom. So you got English, Spanish, and you got an online version. Because I want to cast a wide, huge net. Because I want us to fall more in love with Jesus like this leper. See, when we encounter Jesus, notice what happens next. This leper, even though Jesus told him, don't say anything, he warned him sternly, don't say anything that I healed you. He went around, he could not control himself. He had to proclaim Jesus Christ. And so I want to ask you as we come to the conclusion, what are you doing for Lent? 